This is WrestleZone Radio, presented by WrestleZone.com. Find us on iTunes. All right, well, Don, as I was saying, lots going on. Um, let me just open it up for you. Uh, Impact tomorrow night. Um, what's, uh, what's, what's going on with you, and where, where are we at? Um, you know, I, I'm pretty excited about the show tomorrow. I mean, Scott Steiner is going to be back in action uh, on the show. We've got a tremendous uh, all-star tag team match uh, uh, as our main event with uh, Phantasma and Pentagon against Matt Seidel and Austin Aries. Uh, really, really excited. We know that we're leading up to uh, under pressure on Thursday, May 31st with uh, Pentagon versus Austin Aries in that, in that rematch. So, a um, lot of exciting things, I think, building on what we've been doing and, and really looking forward to, as well, the, the street fight uh, between Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan that will take place uh, courtesy of House of Hardcore. And obviously that's a very personal uh, topic for you um, with all that's going on with uh, Sammy Callahan, who's clearly uh, goes by his own uh, rule book these days. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, to me, it's it's not a lot different. I like uh, to make uh, coaching analogies. And to me, it's if you, you know, if you coach the Chicago Bulls back in the day and you had Dennis Rodman on your team, I mean, the upside was the the production on the court and the downside was all of the other issues you had to deal with. But in, with some talents, uh, there are issues that uh, that come along with the package. And sometimes those are issues that, you know, you have to protect the talent from themselves, so to speak. And I'm not going to sit here and knock any of our talents, including Sammy, which may surprise people. But I would just say, listen, I mean, uh, Sammy calls himself the draw. The numbers bear that out. He's one of the more talked about guys in the business. Whatever the reason is, people can debate that. But, uh, but you know, Sammy's a guy who, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a as a corporate person, as someone who's responsible for kind of the product we put out there and the talent. Um, Sammy is a guy who uh, sometimes is his own worst enemy by either, you know, what he says, things that come out of his mouth or the things that he does. And, uh, you know, if, if he weren't the talent that he is, um, you know, we'd be having a very different conversation about Sammy Callahan. But the reality is that he delivers numbers and the reality is that he, um, he creates a lot of buzz. And uh, the downside is you've got to you've got to manage him because uh, left to his own devices, uh, I think he's certainly shown in the past that as good a, as good a performer as he is, that he's not a guy who has uh, good impulse control. He's not a guy who um, is going to make necessarily the smart decisions. And I think that uh, personal issues aside. You know, uh, I think I think Sammy has has two things that we all need to work with him on as a talent. You know, one is um, you know not being unsafe in the ring, and I I'm not going to get into a lot of detail about what happened in Toronto to me. Um, but you know, I will say there was there were things that happened that day that um, you know were were not certainly in anyone's prior understanding. Let's just put it that way. So I think that. You know, you have to be a competitor that people want to do business with. You can be a big draw, but if no one wants to work with you, um, you know, you have a problem. And the other thing, which I think is hand in glove with that, that frankly, is Sammy needs to act like a business person because ultimately this is a business. And, uh, you know, business people uh, comport themselves in a certain way. And I think that, 
you can be as talented as you want, but at some point there's a tipping point where a corporation or an office is going to look at you and say, you know, um, maybe the risk outweighs the benefits. So we don't ever want to get to that point with Sammy or any of our talents. So we need to work with him. And um, that's partially what I had been trying to do the last few months. And uh, some people don't, some people see help as being told what to do and they don't like it. And that's probably the, the, the nicest thing I can say about Sammy in that situation at this point. Well, Don, before we move on to media questions, we do want to ask, how, how are you doing health-wise? You know, I mean, I'm all right. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not, again, without without kind of breaking down the fourth wall here, I mean, I'm not, um, I come from an era in wrestling where uh, things were done a certain way and uh, there were not, there were never intended to be what I'll call bad surprises or uh, forks in the road taken in a given segment or situation. And uh, my issue with Sammy is more that, you know, we've been trying to make him a safer person. Uh, and, you know, what happened with me was the opposite of that. So um, I am more concerned about what I would call, um, you know, the fact that I was not successful in, in trying to bring Sammy around. Um, uh much more bothered by that than the physical stuff. Uh, the physical stuff is what it is. And I'm a 49 year old guy who, uh, you know, isn't used to being bumped around or, or potatoed or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I, and I have no desire to do that. And so, um, but, but that is what it is. And I used to be a wrestler way back in the day. It's not the first time someone's kicked my ass and, uh, you know, again, I'm 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 kept up a light up at night uh, as much or more with the idea of how do I get through to this talent who clearly, you know, my my comment to Sammy if he were sitting here would be, you know, you've been doing things your way your whole career. Um, how's that worked out for you? you? You've probably been fired from everywhere you've ever worked. You know. I mean, uh, I work in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and Sammy is thought of as a wild card and unpredictable there. You know, he he hurt a bunch of guys in the dressing room there. Um, that wasn't widely reported, but but that happened. You know, he is, you know, he he's a risky guy, and 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 if he weren't so talented, no one would probably use him. But they do, and and he is to a certain extent a ticking time bomb every time he's he's booked. And so I, I do lose a lot of sleep over, you know, what I see as part of my job and all of our jobs here uh, is to make talent better. And with Sammy, I don't think we're going to make him a better wrestler because he's a great wrestler. We're not going to help Sammy with his personality because he has a really exciting personality and vibe about him. Um, where we have to help Sammy is the stuff I've talked about. And, and I, it seems like, Nothing we've done so far has gotten through to, to Sammy Callahan, which is unfortunate. Well, Don, obviously we could probably spend a whole, full hour talking about Sammy, as no doubt Sammy would want us to do for the full hour. But uh, lots to talk about Impact Wrestling. We have a, a room full of media waiting to talk to you, so uh, we're going to open it up for media questions at this point. Media, as always, please limit it to one question and one question uh, so we can get through everybody's question. And when you call in, please identify yourself and your media outlet. And as always, to get in queue for the uh, questions with Don, 
It's star six. Much more enjoyable experience. Do you think that you will extend that to some of your other uh, social media platforms like Facebook and those kind of things just to, to give people who are fans of the product a better experience when, uh, you know, interacting <coughs> with the rest of us? Well, it's, uh, thanks for the question. And it's, um, you know, in some respects, I've said before, I feel like I've been in a time capsule and, and someone kind of woke me up or dug me up uh, after 12 or 13 years of being away because there are many things about the wrestling business that changed during that period of time when I wasn't involved in it or following it closely. Um, and one of the things is the idea of fan interaction, you know, um, when, which I'm all for, by the way. And I've told the story before. When I came up in the business, it was all about it was all about avoiding the fans in a sense, you know, we looked a certain way and the reality, the first guy who trained me said, the reason that you do lift weights, you tan, you have long hair and you have fancy robes is you don't want to look like the fans. Uh, the fans don't want you to look like the fans. And if a fan came up, especially if you were a heel and, and tried to talk to you, uh, you would blow them off. And sometimes you'd be rude to get your heel gimmick over. And, and, and that was standard practice. Now it's a whole total 180. It's like, not only are we all expected uh, to interact with the fans on a one-on-one -on -one basis, take selfies, all that stuff, but now the fans have all these different platforms and avenues and lanes where they can uh, almost get involved in the product, get involved in the angle, have give their instant feedback, and we all know that social media. I actually think that's super cool, and I don't pretend to be a social media expert, um, but, uh, but I encourage uh, uh, any involvement that we have, whether it's with Twitch or other platforms that engage the fans. I was able to do a, a question and answer uh, on Reddit one day and got to kind of interact directly with fans. Interacting on these, on these calls is also great. Um, I was on the, the chat room in Twitch during one of our events and kind of I think I sign. I think my sign-in name is uh, Impact Pencil or something like that. A little nod to Paul Heyman there, but uh, um, I got to kind of start commenting back and forth with what people were seeing in real time. So I think yes, we would lo love to see more of that, um, and I think that there hopefully will be more of that to come because we love to have that interaction. Thanks, Tom. Cheers. Hi, Don. It's Chris Lappin from Breaking Book Warriors. Hi. Um, I really enjoyed your Cyrus the Virus character back in the day. Would you ever consider portraying a heel authority figure in, in that future? <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I guess, and I've kind of taken some heat from a couple of news sources this last week of people throwing out the quote that I made when I started here, because, of course, I got asked that question. Uh, because, you know, I was probably the second person in wrestling to do that sort of gimmick, Vince being the first and the best. And then when I was in ECW um, and I told the story uh, when I, you know, that when I went to TNA, what was then TNA in 2003, and they asked me to be the authority figure there, the director of authority, my initial comment was authority figures are overdone we shouldn't do it, but they asked me to do it and I did it. And I made the comment that, you know, now 15 years later, 16 years later, people are still doing authority figures. So no, I won't do it. Some people have mistaken um, 
my segment this past week or the footage of what happened between me and Sammy to mean that Don Callis is now going to be the on-air authority figure. And uh, I can tell you that there are, there are no plans for that. That is not happening other than doing my commentary work with Josh Matthews. Uh, I am not going to be appearing on the broadcast and you know, certainly there's always people, especially if they, if they've seen what, you know, was done before in ECW or whatever, who go, yeah, but why wouldn't you do it? That would be great, et cetera. I just, A, I don't think I have the time to commit to doing it properly. B, I genuinely don't believe that the authority figure thing is a way to go. Could there be different twists on that, which don't involve myself or Scott being on camera? Hey, I mean, I'll leave the door open and we'll see where creatively we go. But, um, for those that kind of looked at what happened last week and me throwing in the towel during Sammy and Eddie's match at WrestleCon um, as harbinger of me becoming an on-screen character and coming out there cutting promos and firing people or whatever, that is not happening. And so for those that wrote about that, that you, you've got that part of it wrong and, and I'll, I'll leave the, the on-screen money drawing to the performers. Thank you. This is Ian Carey from sescoops.com. Don, I hope you, hi, I hope you're on the mend physically. Uh, Just wondering if the Lucha Underground stars are going to be continuing on impact after season four of Lucha Underground begins airing. And if not, do you have any thoughts you can uh, discuss regarding how you plan to replace the departing talent? Um, So just with respect to the Lucha Underground Uh, relationship. I think that's been one of the more exciting stories in the wrestling business the last three months. Um, Our show at WrestleCon during Mania Week, uh, the LU versus Impact or Impact versus LU show was a legitimate sellout. It was one of the most buzzworthy things. I mean, in in a universe where, you know, DC versus Marvel and all that stuff is cool I think people love stuff like this. Um, I also think that us and LU doing this is a um, is symptomatic of what's going on in the wrestling business, where we are. I think as a company, more than any other company out there, the last six months or five months, we have broken the traditional old school wrestling paradigms of you only work with who you work with, and it's yourself and maybe one or two partners and you don't let your talent do this, and you own the talent. We've broken all those things down. We are working, I won't say we're working with everyone, because there's, there's people out there we're not working with, but it's not because we don't want to, it's because we haven't got there yet. So, you know, we're doing some stuff with House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer, we're doing stuff with, uh, with LU, AAA, um, you know, so, so we are very open to that. And I think that, um, not just LU, but, but, but working with other people as well. But that's been a, just a wonderful uh, relationship. It's a product that I had, uh, I had liked a lot and followed before we got into the relationship. So, so I hope that that continues. And in terms of um, departing talent, I mean, you know, of course there had been a tremendous amount of negativity towards the brand the last year before I got here, before Scott and I took this thing over with Ed. Um, there'd been a tremendous amount of negativity. And so that narrative becomes ingrained in people's thought processes. And I think that 
you know, sometimes it's like we're waiting for the other shoe to drop as the media going, okay, they're doing good now, but we know this is still TNA, which it's not. But, you know, we've seen this movie for 12 years. When's, the, when's something bad going to happen? So, um, and it hasn't. And, um, you know, people will say, though, like, geez, what about EC3? What about Bobby Lashley? What about this? What about that guy's leaving? And what I always say to that is, first of all, if you were a general manager, you took over a hockey team, um, some talent's going to leave and new talent's going to come in. And that's the reality of professional sports. Um, and, and, you know, people will say, well, EC3 left. But they don't follow up with saying, but Brian Cage came in, but Austin Aries came in. So it's not like these talents have left. First off, it's not always of their own volition. Sometimes it's a mutual discussion. Well, you know, maybe it is best for both sides to move on to a new place or a new territory. Um, but from our perspective, you know, for every C3 we've lost, we've brought in a Brian Cage. You know, we've brought in a Sue Young. Some of the, some of the talent... Austin Aries, uh, Pentagon, Phoenix, some of the top talents, most buzzworthy talents out there. So um, for the talent that's left, we wish them all the best. Those guys, it was great for me to get to work with EC3 and Bobby Lashley, great guys, real professional dudes, and, and wish them all the best. And, you know, we're moving on with our, our kind of group of, of, uh, of performers that, that we're happy with. And as with any sports roster, that roster is going to be evergreen it's going to be changing but uh but we think surprises that are good for the fans will be uh, continuing to come great hey don uh this is riju from sports kida in india how are you doing today Hi. i'm awesome hey how man uh, awesome uh my question is uh, it was recently announced on social media that rich swan uh would be uh coming to impact wrestling uh, could you shed more light on this and how did this whole thing come about? Sorry, could you repeat the question? My cell phone just cut out a little bit. Yes. Uh, it was recently announced that uh, Rich Swan would be headed to uh, Impact Wrestling for the next round yep. of taping. Uh, mm -hmm. Could you shed more light on this and how did this whole association come about? Um, you know, I think that uh, Rich is a guy who has resurfaced on kind of the indie scene out there and working for a bunch of different promotions. As you probably know, uh, his wife uh, works for us and, and was an advocate for, for him coming in. Uh, so, yeah, so he'll be at our next set of tapings and he's going to get an opportunity in the same way that, that other talent that comes in gets an opportunity to show what they could do. You may now ask your question. Hi, Don. This is Nick Hausman with WrestleZone.com. How are you doing today? Hey, man. Good. Good. Uh, I just wanted to ask, uh, you guys have been working so well with uh, so many promotions. Uh, obviously, you know, the big uh, all-in event uh, did 10,000 tickets in like half an hour this past weekend. They've been working with Ring of Honor and New Japan um, and now NWA as well. Uh, have you t have you guys talked with Ring of Honor, New Japan, or even the all-in crew about doing anything with those parties? Um, you know, there's there's no official you know, that I, no official discussions. I mean, certainly, um, you know, co I consider Cody a friend and a, and, a and, and really a great turnaround story in terms of where he's come as a performer in the last year or so. Um, and the Bucks, of course, I'm very close with through Kenny Omega. So I was just ecstatic for those guys to be able to move that amount of tickets, which is incredible, frankly. And to do it in 30 minutes or whatever the actual time was is awesome. So 
I think that that arrangement is a great example of something that I, I am, and Ed and Scott have been speaking about for, for a few months, which is we really are the last year or so, maybe a year and a half, seeing a sea change in, in, in where professional wrestling is at vis-a-vis um, the, the, the independent wrestler. You know, the independent wrestler to an extent, greater extent than I think that I can ever remember in, in the business, the independent wrestler now has control over his own destiny and has options and has some power. And that's partially due to social media and partially due to people like Cody and the Bucks taking risks on things like All In and, and making that a kind of destination in people's minds for, hey, we're not only going to see a wrestling show, we're going to send a message to the wrestling world that, hey, this can happen, you know, at this level. So I think it's what happened with All In is indicative of where the wrestling business is at with respect to the boys. And that, that also is reflected, I think, in our attitudes around wrestler IP and things like that. It's, it's a different business than it was 10 years ago. Cool. Thank you very much. Tom, we're going to go to an email question from Chad Henderson, who writes in, who do you see as a future potential face of Impact Wrestling? Hmm. Wow, I mean, it's it's a good it's a good problem to have that I can't just blurt out who it is because I think that I like our roster so much right now that I think there's a lot of answers to that question. You know, I think um, obviously Austin Aries is a is the type of guy you can build a promotion around a kind of a Nick Bockwinkel-esque kind of a, a performer, very cerebral, great representative. You know, then on the other side you've got a guy like Moose who. You know, people absolutely love everywhere he goes. Um, you know, he's a he's a legitimate big time athlete. You know, six five, two seventy, off, former offensive lineman. Everyone knows his pedigree and has kind of you know um, reached the apex of the football world, the NFL, and then in a very short space of time uh, adapted to pro wrestling. Probably one of the great transitions from football to wrestling. I'd have to go back to uh, my old days watching AWA and Russ Francis, the tight end of the New England Patriots, who used to wrestle in the offseason because his dad, Ed Francis, at one point ran the Hawaii Territory. Um, so Moose is incredible. And I think that's a guy who, you know, potentially is a guy who could be a flagship. But then I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out there. I mean, Sammy Callahan. I mean, aside from the fact that Sammy is all of the things that I said, uh, he is a great wrestler who doesn't back down, who's full speed ahead, and who's a fascinating character. I mean, he, people remember guys like Raven back in the day in ECW, and it's like that complex character that is fundamentally flawed and imperfect, but also you can't take your eyes off him. So a guy like that, you know, Eddie Edwards, I mean, if we can get Eddie thinking about something other than Sammy, I think Eddie would be a good face of the company. Um, Frankly, Rosemary, you know, on the knockout side, uh, Sue Young, even, I mean, people are talking about her. Um, so I think there's a lot of people. Brian Cage is someone who people are very excited about. I mean, so there's just a, it would be hard for me to pick. I mean, I think there's probably eight or nine people, maybe 10, if I, I include the knockouts as I would, that I could say, I'd be very comfortable with those people, um, you know, being at the head of the line and, and kind of being the flagship. Hey, Don. 
This is a this is a big fear, Ego Total from Israel. How are you doing? Hey man, how are you? I'm good, man. Uh, you've been talking about your partnership with other promotions, and uh, the wrestling scene in Israel been uh, on a rising on the, over the past few years. We've got uh, the wrestler Tomer Shalom over uh, Destiny Wrestling in uh, at uh, Canada, and uh, we got the Israeli Wrestling League that's been hosting a uh, few of Impact uh, Impact uh, wrestlers over the past few years, like uh, Robbie E, Matt Seidel, Devon Eriks. And uh, I was wondering if Israel is uh, one of your targets for uh, partnerships in the future. Like, Yeah, certainly. I mean, um, I think one of the things that's unique about Impact is that we really are a global brand in a way that a lot of uh, other companies in wrestling just, just are not. And that's not meant as a knock. It's just positioning where we're at. I mean, we are not a company that only... You know, we're not only doing our TV here, we're in, we're in a lot of countries globally. And I think that, you know, the first step is always to expose fans in great places like Israel to the product. Uh, and then, you know, you hope that, you know, you can get that fan engagement. And hopefully at one point, you know, you get to, you get to do a tour and you get to visit the market. So, um, you know, Israel, I think, has, and I think you alluded to it, a, a long history with professional wrestling that might surprise people in terms of the popularity of the Von Erich family in Israel in the 80s. Uh, you know, certainly heard, heard all the stories about Kevin and Kerry Von Erich being treated like the Beatles when they landed in, in Tel Aviv many years ago. Um, so I think that, you know, it's, it's when people have those, those memories that are, are kind of uh, downloaded into their, into their culture and into their brains, then it always makes it an appealing market to access. So uh, I, I would love to see us do, do something in Israel in the future, and, and I'll hopefully uh, be able to I'll talk to you soon when we're in market at some point, hopefully, and, and look forward to, to, to working towards a goal like that, because, boy, that would be pretty cool. You think uh, a wrestler like Tomer Shalom is suitable for uh, the Impact roster now these days? Um, you know, I'm not – I don't – I'm not as familiar as, as I would like to be with that talent. So it'd be difficult for me to say, but certainly, you know, we're okay. always have our eyes open and looking for, looking for the, the new thing, the, the new exciting talent to put out there. Okay, man. Thank you very much. Thanks, man. Hey, Don, Ryan Bowman from the gorilla position.com. Um, over the years, you know, you, you were always mentioned as a, as a potential creative person for a lot of companies and respected for your wrestling IQ, but you also had other opportunities because of your business background. So uh, my question is what, uh, what made impact the right opportunity for you and um, how has it measured up to your expectations when you came back? You know, I think just, you know, to use a, to use an overused term, I mean, I think the stars were just aligned. Um, you know, I think I was ready to start to think about doing something different. I'd been very successful doing what I'd been doing for about 12 or 13 years outside of wrestling. And it was just kind of like a progression. I mean, I've talked about it, um, you know, the, the whole Chris Jericho thing. I mean, having, I wasn't following the business at all. Chris brought us to Madison Square Garden myself. Uh, Lance Norman, Dr. Luther, Lenny St. Clair. Um, and, and so all of a sudden now for the first time in a million years, I'm at a wrestling show in the garden. 
hanging out with Jericho and my friends. And it's like, wow, I really miss these guys. You know, interesting thing about the garden for me was my debut for Vince was in the garden in 97. And then there I was back with Chris. Um, that didn't make me want to get back in the business, but it did uh, get Chris and I talking a lot more. And then that led to Chris offering me uh, the podcast, Killing the Town, which I would end up doing with Lance. And at that point, again, I still was really not looking at, hey, I need to get back in the business full time. It was more, well, this is cool. I'm having fun talking wrestling with my buddy Lance, which we used to do on the phone all the time. And maybe I can monetize some of my, my historical wrestling knowledge through the podcast as just an extra revenue stream. Uh, that then led uh, another star in alignment. That led to me doing a podcast interview with Kenny Omega uh, Kenny's uncle, the Golden Sheik, helped train me. He was a wrestler in Winnipeg. I gave Kenny his first break uh, on my wrestling shows in Winnipeg in like 2000, I want to say, or 01 when I was a promoter. So we had that connective tissue. Uh, interviewed Kenny for the pod. Uh, two weeks later, Kenny told me he was, was looking to try to get me to New Japan to do the commentary. Again, I kind of thought, well, it's not a full-time thing. I can go there once a month, use my vacation at work, and go do my thing. <clears throat> and um, <clears throat> again, thinking of it as a part-time thing. And in the meantime, I mean, Leonard Asper, who is uh, an incredibly well-known person and businessman and his family as well in my hometown of Winnipeg, had purchased uh, through Anthem, had purchased uh, Impact Wrestling. So that kind of got on my radar. Well, isn't this interesting? And and then in, in really over the course of like a month, I would say it kind of went from Scott and I having some phone discussions to uh, to us having a meeting and and me going, holy cow! I think like you know, in that scenario, I think you you look at reasons why you wouldn't do it. And uh, I was having a real hard time finding any reasons that I wouldn't do it. And so. Um, and I, I mean, I've always been in my life uh, big goal driven. And so this to me seemed like a pretty big leap to get back in the business and to to look at turning the company around from from where it was. And we've been very fortunate that Anthem are great partners and very supportive. And um, I, it's not something that if a year ago you had told me this is what I'd be doing, I would have laughed and said, yeah, right. Um, but it literally just, I mean, for those that believe in things are supposed to happen a certain way, I mean, I guess maybe you, you would say that about this situation. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hi, Don Lewis here from the Tap Out Wrestling Podcast Network. How are you doing today? Hey, man. Doing all right. That's good. Good to hear. Okay, I have a question. I'm just wondering what your thoughts would be in making uh, the Explosion TV show possibly a showcase for exhibition wrestlers uh, with matches featuring new young talent? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we try to feature newer, different talent on Explosion from time to time. I don't like the idea of kind of segregating the exhibition talent uh, on their own show. I think, you know, sometimes that could be viewed through the lens of, well, these guys are not at the same level as the people on the main show. Um, so I don't know that that's something that, that we would consider doing. Um, you know, I think if I was here in 0203 or 0304, uh, when the X division was kind of the talk of the rest of the world in some circles. And I think now, you know, we're still, we have a world where we have an X division. And then I think the question is, you know, what's, 
what's next for the X division. And um, it's not something I'm, I'm going to actively reveal on a, on a media call, but I will say that I, I, I don't see explosion being turned into an X division show. I think we want to, we, those are some of the best young athletes in the business. I think we'll want to give them uh, the top platform to show what they can do. Okay. Thank you very much, Don. Cheers. Hey, Don, it's Mike Kelly from ProWrestling.com. How are you doing today? Hey, Matt. How are you? I'm good. Uh, first of all, as a longtime New Japan fan, I just wanted to say thank you for uh, the awesome work you do with Kevin Kelly in New Japan. Um, and I, I was just kind of wondering, uh, with you kind of working there first and then sort of getting this TNA, uh, sorry, Impact Wrestling gig, uh, was there any pushback from either side um, as to, you know, when you're talking with Impact, you know, can I keep doing the New Japan thing and talking with New Japan? Can I keep, you know, is there any pushback from either side or uh, how's that relationship been kind of going between two companies? Um, you know, I, I think good. I mean, I don't, I think that, you know, I go back to the impact kind of um, concept that, that Ed is, Ed Nordham is champion and Scott and I have been a part of, which is, you know, we want to be flexible about talent and where they work and, and having partnerships. Um, so I think that, you know, if, if, if we had had a problem with me having a relationship with New Japan, that would, that would go against kind of the, the, the policy that we've instated, which is we're open to working with people. So, um, you know, there was never an issue with that. I, I certainly love my time in Japan. I've been there, well, I got over 20 times, I guess, in the last year and a half. And um, working with Kevin's great. And, and, and I, all, I love working with Josh as well. And it's, it's a challenge for me because it's like, you know, you, you're, I'm not a cookie cutter color commentator i mean i i adapt to my environment so i i think i would be doing fans a disservice if you saw the same don Callis commentating with kevin kelly as you do with josh or the reverse so um it's it's really a great opera color commentary was one of the jobs i loved in wrestling because it was really about uh getting the boys over getting the talent over and uh you know getting to do that job for new japan and for impact has been fantastic. And, uh, you know, I have like when I, you know, I'm obviously impact keeps me busy. I mean, it's not a 40 hour work week. It's, it's, it's all the time. It's 24 seven. And, you know, sometimes when I'm in Japan and I can just be at the new Japan show in the back, talking to Kenny, talking to Cody, talking to grill of the destiny. It, it almost feels like you're, you're in the locker room and you're part of the crew, which is a, you know, as a former performer is something I miss. So, I, I do enjoy that, you know, those one or two days a month that I'm in Japan. Um, and it obviously, you know, it's led to to a lot of other stuff. I mean, I had not done color commentary since basically ECW uh, when I started in New Japan last year. So so it's been a great ride. And, you know, working with Kevin's been great. I, I had a great chat with Jim Ross uh, at, at our L.A. show, show in Long Beach, Strong Style Evolved. And, I told JR that I certainly hope that he and I would get to work together uh, sometime in the future. We had worked together a few times in WWF at the time. And um, so, you know, that's something you, you may see down the line is Jim Ross and Don Callis calling something. I don't know, but certainly I'm open to it. And I think as a management team, we're real open to working with everyone. All right. Thanks. Um, 
Whoops. Sorry, Mike, I cut you off a drop early there. Uh, Don, we're going to go to a email question. Uh, Post Data OK writes in, uh, what is the chance of Impact moving the weekly show to different cities? Uh, the, to different – oh, you mean the tapings? Yes. Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, we're, I, we've been saying all along, Scott and myself, that, you know, we're – we're not, you know, I think at some point people have said, well, you know, are you guys just going to be in Orlando? And then other people thought, oh, this is a Canadian company. It's going to be run by three Canadian guys, owned by a Canadian guy. Is it just going to be a Canadian company? And I keep saying, no, no, no. Uh, we are going to be taking our product and our performers uh, everywhere um, as we move forward. And having said all of that, you know, we live in a society where everyone wants wants everything uh, yesterday, and and you know we are turning around a company and we are uh, making strides to that effect. But as I've said before, not everything happens overnight. Some things take time, and so I think as we talk in months that are going to follow, um, I think people will be pretty comfortable with some of the places that we're that we are and. We'll continue to evolve that over our long-term plan. Hi, Don. This is Stephanie for Steel Chair Magazine in UK. Comment vas-tu? Hey, how are you? I enjoyed our interview. People actually thought I could speak French after I talked to you, and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little rusty. Comment ça va? Comment va? Ça va très bien. Bon, we're going to come back to English, uh, to English language, but... Um, Oh, so everyone now thinks you're, photog- you're speaking French. Well done. <laughs> well, I, 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 um, I like to say I know, I know enough to order a drink or get slapped, one of the two, I'm not sure. <laughs> my, my question was about redemption. Um, the, 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 the pay-per-view uh, couldn't, have a better, couldn't have a better name because yeah. uh, it was, it was uh, a great, great pay-per-view. And uh, a great way to say the company was great. And uh, if you read the paper I, I did on it, the redemption of the impact, uh, you know what I thought about. But um, what I wanted to ask you is, um, uh, what was your state of mind? Because uh, this pay-per-view was the first under this new regime, if I can say it like that. And so uh, what was your state of mind, Scott, and and the creative coming to this pay-per-view. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> Bienvenue. Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, um, I think that, you know, we were all aware that this was going to be the first pay-per-view that we would be judged by uh, justifiably. This was the one where we were all in place and we had a couple of months to kind of lead into it. So, you know, I think that we have a vision for Impact Wrestling as a management team. And as a creative team, we, we look for ways to execute on that vision. And so I think, you know, we were, when you have that over, overwhelming vision for the company, then I think, you know, everything flows from that. So what kind of company do we want to be? What kind of performers do we want to have out there? What kind of stories do we want to tell? And, um, and, and you know, and from a creative perspective and a performance perspective, Redemption was uh, a part of that vision, and I think, you know, overwhelmingly, as you said, uh, 
positive feedback. And so we're happy about that, but we're not going to rest on our laurels. We're going to continue to grind away. I'm in creative meetings this week with the whole team, which is not just me and Scott, uh, with Sanjay Dutt, Jimmy Jacobs, Abyss. I mean, we're all part of the team that, that, you know, puts these things together, that gets the stuff out there. So um happy that, that you enjoyed uh, Redemption and, and we're looking to build on that success as we roll towards Slammiversary, which I'm just super pumped about. Hi, Don. <clears throat> Hi, Don. This is Raj with Wrestling Inc. How are you doing today? Hey, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, it, it came out today that uh, no charges will be filed against Enzo Amore and the, the Phoenix Police Department has closed that case. Uh, could you see okay. Impact being open to working with him in the future? You know, I mean, this is, this is news to me and not, uh, I didn't know that. Um, I haven't, frankly, followed any of that. It's not to say that I wasn't aware of that story that's been out there, but you know, um, I guess you say kind of, you know, never say never. And, you know, you evaluate talent based on need and, and what you're looking to do. I think, um, you know, we are, we have a long-term plan for how we engage with talent in terms of, you know, who's going to be on the roster, what roster spots we need filled, etc. It's not as much of a random thing. So, um, you know, as with any other talent, I think, you know, time will tell. Great. Thanks. Don, that seems like a uh, perfect segue to an email question from Warrior G who asked, what are the company goals for the next year and for the next two years? Well, you know, I think, you know, I I don't want to, you know, be trite about using the word cool, but, you know, I think that um, I certainly would like to see us being thought of as a destination wrestling promotion for talent and for fans and customers. Uh, part of that is the cool factor. I think we have made some uh, strides in that area, but uh, I would like to see us working with, with more partners, being more open. I would like to see us um, from a corporate standpoint, doing our jobs to position both the company and the talent that, that, that drive a lot of the interest uh, to, to position those things in a way that, that makes impact wrestling, you know, like New Japan has been arguably for the last three years, you know, we would like to be that cool company, that, that company that everyone's talking about. And I think we're well on our way. And I think the people that go for this ride with us, uh, are going to be pleasantly surprised at what the outcome is going to be. Uh, hey, uh, this is Riju from Sportskida again. Uh, my question mm-hmm. is, uh, what happened with Alberto El Patron that led to the redemption uh, main event being changed? You know, I think I think a lot of that has kind of been covered. I, I don't have anything new to add to that. Um, certainly we wish Alberto all the best in, in the stuff that he's doing and, and, and with his life. And, um, you know, the, the, the situation has been kind of widely reported and covered. I don't, I don't really have anything else to add to it. Hi, it's Chris. Hey, 
Um, Eagle Eyes Heroes would have seen Sugar Duncan could have looked like a step further than back. Um, what, what do you think of Shubby as a talent, and can you give us an update on his position in the company? And sorry, I don't know if it's the connection or it's on my end, but I, I literally didn't hear any of that. Ross, can you help me out? No, I, I heard the question, but it was, it was very garbled at my end, too. Could you could you repeat oh. the question a little, once more? Okay, I said um, eagle-eyed viewers would have seen Sugar Duncanson on the latest episode of Impact. Um, what do you think of him as a talent, and could you give us an update on his position in the company? I, Ross, I'm not getting who the talent was. You know, I, I apologize because I can't hear the name of the talent you're mentioning. What's the name? Oh, Sugar, Sugar, Sugar Dunkerton. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I think I've seen him wrestle once. Um, you know, he's a, he's a, as I recall, it was a long time ago, back in January. I think he's a charismatic guy. Uh, you know, and I think that the fact that there are talents out there that uh, are interested in, in being on impact wrestling is a kind of a commentary on how the management team is, is and the talent that, that works with us, uh, how we're, where we're taking this company, that there are talents like that out there who, who make that, uh, us a destination for where they'd like to work. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, Don, this is a big fear from Eagle Total Israel. Hey, man. Hey. Um, we talked about, uh, you've been talking about Redemption earlier, and uh, we saw at Redemption the debut of Tessa Blanchard and uh, the comeback of uh, DJ Z. What are your expectations from uh, those two talents uh, in the near future, future eventually at Impact? I think uh start with DJZ. I mean I think what a great young guy and you know, a tremendous talent, great athlete and obviously has his own very uh heart wrenching kind of story to tell. And uh you know, this has been kind of a redemption year for him as well, I think. And uh he looks to be better than a hundred percent and and a guy who I think has the potential to be uh someone that you know, young people that watch our show get real excited about. So I think he's definitely got a, a real coolness about him. Uh, Tessa Blanchard, I, I, you know, I would just say, I mean, she's just, uh, she's a phenomenal talent. I mean, I don't know how else to put it at her age to be as advanced and polished as she is um, to have the, 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 the edge and the fifth gear that she does is really not a typical thing necessarily in wrestling um there's just it's kind of like that package she calls herself a total package i mean she really is i mean she's she's smart she's she's beautiful she's uh she's dangerous um she's a she's a phenomenal wrestler she looks like a star she carries herself like a star and i guess you know none of that should surprise us given who her her dad and her stepdad are and she would have been taught by some of the best so I think that, uh, you know, she's someone who has the ability to, to really get uh, fans excited and for real good reason. She's excellent. Great, man. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, Stephanie, again, post your channel. Again. <laughs> um, my 
my question was um, about um, uh, we'll just talk about Tessa Blanchard and you currently have in the roster uh, three very interesting talents in Taya, Brian Cage and Tessa Blanchard who are really um, used to doing intergender matches. Is it something you've you could imagine uh, put on the show? Um, you know, I mean, it, I, I guess I would just say, and I, and I don't mean this to be a cop-out, it's not something I've spent, I don't think it's something that any of us have spent a lot of time thinking about. Um, so I know that's not maybe the most in-depth answer that you would have liked, but, but it, you know, it, it's not something that we've spent a lot of time thinking about and not something that I think you should expect to see anytime soon. Or something more optical? Pardon? Uh, or optical things like uh, the barbed wire massacre or things like that. Hmm. Well, I mean, we've certainly had <clears throat> some of that. I mean, with Abyss and then even what Callahan uh, did to me in, uh, in Toronto in the footage we showed, which was, you know, was fairly intense. So it's, you know, I've never been... You know, I never liked wrestling shows where you had nothing but what one thing, whether it was flying or hardcore or whatever. I think it's there's a balance and there's a mix. So, you know, I think that, um, you know, we'll continue to listen to our fans about what they'd like to see and, and you know, within reason, try to deliver that. Hey, uh, Ritu from Sportskida again. Uh, my question yep. is, what are the plans for the Grand Championship in the future? It uh, does not seem to be a very active title at the moment. You know, I think um, <clears throat> to be determined, but, uh, you know, I think that if you watch our show, we just debuted some new belts, uh, new world title, new X Division title, new knockouts title, new tag team titles. And so that that may give you an indication of where the kind of priorities lay. Um, you know, I, I've never been a fan of wrestling companies that had, you know, too many belts. And so I, I think that, you know, the less, the less, um, I guess, uh, overages you have in terms of, of having too many titles, the more your titles you do focus on means. So, we'll probably stick with that philosophy uh, in terms of, of any championships outside the ones I mentioned. Thank you. Hi, Don. This is Raj with uh, WrestlingInc.com again. Uh, yeah. I just I just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, where you see Impact Wrestling going short-term and, and where you'd like it to be in five years. Um. You know, short term, I think we will continue with the plan that we have made. Um, it's, um, you know, continue executing the plan to move the company forward. I think five years from now, we'd like to talk about a company that has grown exponentially in terms of revenue, in terms of buzz, and in, in, terms, of, in terms of a talent roster. Great. Thank you. Uh, 
Hey, Ryan Bowman from thegorillaposition.com again. Um, you guys have really experimented with the look of the show. With Even your backstage segments have been shot differently and from unique camera angles. What, uh, what kind of balance do you strike between on your own schedule as far as the wrestling side of things and the actual production side of things? And are there any other visual changes we can keep an eye out for coming up? Yeah, you know, I think that... Um... <clears throat> You know, we're always looking to improve the product. I think that if you look at, you know, Slammiversary coming up, which I am so pumped about, you know, Sunday, July 22nd in Toronto at the Rebel Rebel Entertainment Complex, I think, you know, you're going to get a very different look and a different feel that uh, I think people will have to have to experience and they're going to have a ball with that. So, um, so I think, you know, we're like with every part of this company, we're always looking to make improvements. So uh, production is just is just one of those areas. Hi, Don Lewis here again from the Tap Out Wrestling Podcast Network. Uh, quick question. I, I was I was wondering, uh, what are the plans for the Desi Hit Squad? And when are we going to see the remaining members of them uh, show up in the impact zone? I, I actually received an email from Gama Singh, the great Gama, uh, yesterday. And so I think that, uh, that that's something a lot of people have been asking about. And Gama is a well-known, pardon me, international uh, legend in wrestling, and uh, especially in overseas market, India, South Africa, Japan. Um, <clears throat> so Gama has been, he lives in Calgary, as many people know. <laughs> pardon me and um you know obviously a legend of stampede wrestling so he has been training uh some of the desi hit squad crew and some of those crew are you know have not been seen yet uh in terms of getting them ready for for what they're going to do in impact so to answer your question i i think uh you should be seeing gama and the desi hit squad featured uh, sometime fairly soon very good thank you don and then we're going to go to an email question. Uh, she writes in, uh, wanting to know your thoughts about the knockouts division as it stands now. Uh, people such as Taya, Sienna, Allie, and Rosemary have been around, and relative newcomers Tessa, Sue Young, Kira Hogan, and Madison Rain returning. Where do you position this uh, knockouts division right now versus past knockouts divisions? Um. Interesting. I mean, it's hard for me to say that simply because I did not see, I saw the knockouts when I was here in 0304 and then nothing really since. So I don't know how to kind of compare it. I know that, you know, we have Gail Kim, who's a legendary performer, one of the greatest uh, performers in the business uh, at one point, I think, and very well respected. So I'll leave those kind of questions for comparison to Gail. But one of the reasons I think Gail is, is here and has stuck around after after stopping being an in-ring performer has been to to pass on that knowledge and coach up some of our knockouts in terms of bringing them up to that level where we hopefully exceed anything that's even ever happened uh, in the knockouts division. And, and let's face it, that's a high bar because I think that the knockouts in, in the former TNA wrestling uh, very much set the stage for women's wrestling and set the standard. So we're looking forward to living up to those uh, expectations.
Stephanie for Searcher Magazine again, who's not going to make you speak French again.
Uh, get a, a street fight between Eddie Edwards and the uh, much-talked-about Sammy Callahan, courtesy of House of Hardcore. Uh, obviously, the decision was made last week by us in the management committee that any further uh, violence and interactions between Sammy and Eddie would need to happen uh, outside the purview of Impact Wrestling. So very quickly, as you can imagine, promotions all over the world wanted to sign those guys to to bring their unique brand of uh, their, their blood feud, if you will, uh, and, and House of Hardcore was able to secure that. So we're going to have that footage uh, for you tomorrow night on POP, uh, as well as a, a phenomenal uh, tag match uh, at the end. Great main event between Phantasm and Pentagon against Matt Seidel and Austin Aries. And I think that tag team of Austin Aries and Matt Seidel is, you know, with a little time, could probably win tag belts all over the world. Those guys are great talent. So I'm just super pumped for, for the show tomorrow night. Like I said, going to have some friends over, check it out. Uh, I, I like to watch it live simply because, you know, although obviously I'm involved in the product and whatnot, you like to see it unfold uh, as, as a two hour show. So super pumped about that and encourage everyone to check us out, download the GWN app, subscribe, lots of great matches on there. Not just my match with Eric Watts from 2004, where I won control of the company, there's some actual great wrestling on there besides me walking and talking. So encourage people to do that. Check us out on Twitch. Check us out at, uh, at our dot-com site. Check us out on Facebook. Just check us out. And uh, we're doing this for the fans. And uh, it's been great to be able to talk to some of the media today. All righty, Don. Appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you a couple weeks in Windsor. And media, we will talk to you next week.